This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. And he who is unjust, dishonest, or unrighteous in what is least or little is unjust or dishonest or unrighteous also is in much. And so when you begin to look at what he's talking about, all the things that I'm doing in his life is I'm either obeying the things of God, even in little things, or I'm disobeying them. And those little things that I do or don't do, those are the very things that lead me to my dreams or keep me away from my dreams. Let me give you an illustration real quick, just about a little thing. That if you had the opportunity to save your behind or get punished, and it came down to the difference between lying and telling the truth, what would you do? See, those are little things that each one of us have to deal with a lot of times on an everyday basis. That you could look and say, you know what, i, I got to lie about this and save my face, or I tell the truth. But understand this, that these are little things that, that God is watching for all the time. Now, I want you to go to the book of Genesis 39. And this is where we're going. And uh, to be truthful about this, I, I bucked with God a little bit to even speak on this. And you say, well, why did you do that? Because sometimes as a, as a preacher, you would rather tell people stuff that's easy to hear and not stuff that's difficult. But I found the, the, the things in my life as a minister, I don't do you any favor without telling you the truth, okay? And so, again, the very things that I will preach tonight, I live it myself. Uh, what I'm talking about here is we live in a society that is saturated with sexual immorality. And just because we live in a society that's saturated with sexual uh, immorality... It does not change the Word of God. It does not change the truth of what God has said, no matter what mankind thinks or no matter what mankind does. And so to talk about this, it is character development, but it literally becomes a foundational level for us that if I want to get to the things that God has for me, i got to get victory even in this area. Now you'll see this in this young man named Joseph's life, and we'll begin in Genesis 39, verse 7. Understand, the Bible says, I believe it's in Genesis 39, verse 6, that Joseph was a handsome man. Verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that Joseph's master cast longing eyes on Joseph. She cast longing eyes on him. Now, the, the New Living said she looked at him lustfully. Here's what's interesting about this. In this passage here, it was a woman who cast lustful eyes at a man. Now, we can go back in another time in the Bible about a man named King David, and it was just the opposite, that he had lustful eyes that looked at a woman named Bathsheba. So just in looking at these two passages that I just brought up, men... Or women are exempt from this, okay? None of us are exempt from it. So she cast longing eyes. 
Keep reading. On Joseph, and she said, lie with me. The message says, to never undress a girl with my eyes. Now, it's interesting that in the book of Job, chapter 31, Job said this, that I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. And the covenant he was talking about is I'm not going to allow my eyes to look to lust and ultimately to long for something that's not mine. And so when you look at King David's experience with Bathsheba there in 1 Samuel, that it said that one night he was on the roof and he began to look at a woman. Again, the longer I look at a woman, or in the case of a woman, the longer I look at a man the more I will begin to lust for it. And when I lust for it, I'll begin to long for it, which ultimately means I'm going to act on it. That's how we operate as humans. How many of you women go out to look for shoes and you don't buy shoes? How many men go out and you say, you know what, honey, I'm going to go look for a new pistol. And guess what you come home with? A new pistol. You go out to look for a car, you're going to buy a car, okay? And so it's how we've been created that our eyes are are so visual but strong. And again, when I lock in and I keep looking, it's going to get me in trouble. Keep reading. Verse number 8. But he refused. Woo! He wouldn't give in to lust. And he said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in his house and has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. So you know what he's saying right there? He said, Listen, darling, you're not my wife. You're his wife. Now again, this is a young man. He's he's in his early 20s right there. Let me ask you this, as men, maybe even as women, if that would have been proposed to you in your teenage and your 20-year-old time frame, would you have given in? Rewind, 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 rewind. Take me back to a teenager, I would have failed miserably, okay? Uh, It's nothing for me to brag about. I was sexually immoral as a teenager, okay? And so again, I will say this, that if you've fallen in that area, God will forgive you if you repent. Pastor, if you re- I've repented. Woo, I have repented, but also understand the word per, uh, repent means that you do not keep persisting in the sin you're in. So it means to do a 180. Some of you say, but pastor, that's not possible. That's where the grace of God comes in. God will grace you. Keep ready. He said, because you are his wife. Now pay real close attention to his words right here. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now he's saying here, I'm not going to compromise. But it's very interesting to me right here that this young man at this point in his life, he refers to sexual sin as sin and wickedness against God. Very powerful. And so, 
How many of us, when we get into sin in this era, or even any other sin, do we call it sin? A lot of times people don't want to call it sin. I mean, I've heard people talk about that are in adultery affair or adulterous situation. They refer to it as, well, I'm just having an affair. No, you're not just having an affair. You're in sexual sin. But when you say that to people, they get offended. They don't like to hear it. I knew this would go over real big tonight. <laughs> Verse 10. So it was as she spoke to, da- to, to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Day by day, day by day, day by day. And so what you begin to see here is this, this young man named Joseph. He learned to discipline his body. His appetites, because I believe this, that he knew if I'm not faithful in this area, I'm not going to get promoted. So the path of obedience is always the path to God's blessings. Verse 11. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. Man, I'll tell you guys, she's relentless. She's persistent. But he left his garment in his hand, and he fled, and he ran outside. Now, the word flee literally means to turn and run. So this young man right here, he understood when the temptation became so strong, he didn't sit there and gaze at it and keep looking at it. He ran. Now, this is a learning thing for me and you, that we must again understand that in our society... Some of the things of the Bible have been totally forgotten. And what I do in my private life promotes me in my public life. See, many times the very things we do in our private life, they reveal the true motives of our heart. For an example, if you didn't think adultery was such a wrong thing to be doing, why do you sneak around to do it? Another example, if you don't think pornography is such a bad thing in your life, why don't you face your computer where everybody in your office can see it? So again, you begin to see the consequences with our actions, but the big thing as I see with these things is every one of us have a conscience on the inside that God put there. And our conscience says, I I don't want to disobey, I don't want to do that. And so what begins to happen in our conscience is very similar to, to Joseph there. When his heart began to convict him, he ran, he took off, he got away from that. What if that began to happen in our lives? That if we knew we were putting ourselves in a position to get into trouble. Now I can tell you this right now. When you come to 13-year-old boys, 13-year-old boys, 9 out of 10 13-year-old boys have already dabbled in pornography. 90% of them. The Bible's very clear. It says flee youthful lust. So think back in this, this arena right here. How many of the sins that have dominated in your, in your life started when you were a teenager? That's where every one of them started with me. I got into sexual sin as a teen. I got into alcohol. I started getting drunk as a 12-year-old. And it wasn't because I had bad parents. It was because of my choices, okay? And so again, 
the thing that, that, that restores us to the things of God, the very things that God wants to our life, is, is I repent for this. Now, a couple of years ago, I was at a, a, a very uh, pretty small minister's conference. That, that day, they only allowed about 250 senior pastors in there. And so when I'm sitting there, they divide us, and they take the wives out of the room and just leave all the husbands in there. And so the minister who's heading the conference, he starts speaking on sexual immorality. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, this is wild that he would bring this up with all these ministers. So at the end, he says, listen, that as a minister, when people come to you and have gotten into sexual sin, what do you want to do? You want to help them. You want to lead them to the things of God. You want Jesus to set them free. But when a pastor tells people, I'm in sexual sin, you know what they do to him? They fire him. You're done. So right there that day, he said, this is a safe place. He said, I've sensed all week that there would be some of you in here that God would want to help and set free. He said, if you're involved in sexual sin, won't you come down here? You know how many of those men came down that day? 75% of them. 75%. And so again, I see what's even happened within the church. And I, I can never run from this and I can never hide from this. Go with me to the book of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, as, as you're turning there, let me throw this in this little thought here for you tonight. If this wasn't a big deal to this man named Joseph, then why did he choose to go to prison instead of get into sexual sin? You realize that's what happened to him. Because he fleed from her, he ultimately went to prison. So again, if I live by what he said, that, that the sexual sin was sin and wickedness against God, I say, Father God, I, I, I want to please you. I want to live for you. And I encourage you, help your children in this area, especially these young boys. I mean, I look and I think how much they're bombarded with, with the world right now. I mean, it's constantly before them. Don't be afraid to look at their phones. Don't be afraid to see what they're doing on their computers because, guys, I, I, I heard a couple of years ago that the music industry right now, the worldly music industry, it targets nine-year-olds. So don't think just because they're little, this isn't happening to. And I love the opportunity to speak to the teenage boys in this church to say, listen, guys, I don't want you getting caught up in that junk. Man, it'll, it'll mess your life up. I can stand here and tell you how it messed me up. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 18, flee, there's that word again, flee. This same word here in many translations will cross-reference you right back to what we just read with Joseph. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were brought with a price. 
Therefore, glorified God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, the New Living says in verse 18, run from sexual sin. The Amplified says shun sexual immorality. And so no other sin clearly affects a human being like this does. Why do I say this? It will mess with your physical body. It will mess with your mind, which is your soul. And it will mess with your spirit. If you don't believe me that it'll mess with your mind or your soul, how many have ever heard about a thing called a soul tie? What a soul tie does is anytime you have sex with another human being, there is something that is transferred from you to them, whether you like it or not. So literally what happens is part of them you get, and part of you they get. And so something begins to happen. This is what the Bible, and some of you said, dear me, I can't believe this guy's talking about this in church. Well, where do we want to talk about it? I believe we got to hear this stuff. And so again, this affects me. Now, I didn't plan on getting this transparent with you, but this, this part of my own life that I got over into all this junk as a teenager, there's times in my life that I've had to go back and I've, I've repented. I've repented, I've cried to God, and I said, Lord, I've, I repent for all that junk I did. Number two, I begin to stand before the Lord, and I've done it in this auditorium on several times when the Lord's done, dealt with my heart. And he said, I ask you right now to go back to every act of sexual immorality that you can think about. Not only ask me to forgive you of it, but I ask you, Lord, to help me break any soul tile and plead the blood of Jesus over me. And so I begin to do it, and I begin to do it. And I've seen huge changes in my life to say, Lord, I just plead your blood over my mind. I plead your blood over my heart. I, I plead a spirit of purity on me. Now, I can tell you this because this is no secret to Shelly, okay? I've been very transparent with her. She knew when she married me she wasn't getting a brand new car. She was getting a used car, okay? And so, again, it was failure in my life. It was things, again, but I believe this with all my heart. One, that if this can help people, I don't mind sharing it. And number two, I don't have to live entrapped by that. Now, I can give Jesus all the glory in my life. Many of you have come here to church here. You know, I've been married to the same woman for 35 years. Do, 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 do. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I mean... I brag on Jesus. And so again, you're, you're looking at a man who one time was sexually immoral, but the goodness of God and the blood of Jesus set me free. And so, man, I, I love life. I love marriage. Am I perfect? No, not at all. But again, I've got to live by the guidelines what the Lord Jesus said. Go with me to the book of Matthew 5. I'm going to end with this one. I know I'm, I'm jumping here. Matthew chapter 5. I want you to see this in here. Again, you have to have this thought. This, this may not be a big deal to our, our world, our society. But it's a big deal to God. It's a huge deal to God. And so again, we look at the things like the man Joseph went to to become this great leader like he was. But oftentimes, we don't look at everything he went through. And so this is called the purity test. That God wants us. 
He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live that way. Matthew 5, verse 27. Now, this is, this is incredible. This is the Lord Jesus right here. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. This is the Lord Jesus. That statement right there, you shall not commit adultery, is found in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. That's the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Not the seventh suggestion. Actually, those ten things that are called the ten commandments, God never meant for them to be the ten multiple choices. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you pick five of them. That's not what he meant, okay? Understand this, that God created us. And God knows best. God knows how we tick to, to live the life that he desires for every one of us to have if I'll just live by the word of God. So Jesus says this right here. But he takes it to another level. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so Jesus is telling us the power of our eyes. And so I believe right here is a strong, strong warning from the Lord Jesus that if, if you look, don't keep looking. Get your eyes off of that stuff. How many of you have ever heard this? Men fall in love with their eyes. Women fall in love with their ears. A lot of that's true. But again, I can't allow my eyes to look on something that's mine. I have men say, hey, I can look all what I want. I'm not going to buy it. Again, you go out to look something, you're ultimately going to buy it. You keep... Whew, I better watch what I'm saying here. Let me rephrase what I was going to say. You keep looking at a woman's behind, and I'm going to guarantee you're going you're to start gravitating toward it. Think about this with pornography. That's why it's so powerful. That's why it pulls men and women to this day to keep coming back to that because they keep looking at it. And so if I can get to the place where I make a covenant with my eyes and say, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to look at that with your help. With your help, Lord, you got to help us. He goes on to say, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you to, to, it's more profitable for you, for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, let me tell you what he's not saying here. He's not literally saying self-mutilation, okay? That's not, he said, listen, get rid of that eyeball, let's go out and puff. If that was the case, none of us would come in here with eyeballs, especially men. Maybe that's what ought to happen. We'd come in and say, hey, that guy no, got no eyeballs. You wonder what happened to him? <laughs> Woo, I'm not going to look no more. No, what he's teaching us here is a thing called self-denial. To say, listen, I've got to ask God to rise up on the inside of me and help me. And so... um, me personally, this stuff's not, this doesn't make me uncomfortable to touch, to talk on it. It, it. it just gets me at times because our society has become so accustomed to it. It's almost like this is how it is, so this is how it's going to be. 
But I don't believe that. I believe there's still people that say, you know what, I, I want to honor God. Let me ask this right here. How many of you in this room have been married for over 30 years? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I see hands going up. I mean, been married over 20 years. Let me ask you this, and this may, and I don't mean this ugly. How many have been married to the same woman your whole life? See, in my life, if they would have had the senior superlatives, who's going to do this in life, they would have probably named me the first person in my class of 700 that would have got divorced. Because my reputation. There's a lady that lives here in Lubbock who grew up with me. Her father was a coach at the high school I went to. And her father said to her in high school, you can date anybody at this high school except those two brothers, the Swan brothers. And when she told me that after I got born again, I thought, oh, crud. But then she realizes how I am now. And she said, it's one of the greatest transformations I've ever seen in my life that she speaks so well of me that her daughter was getting married a couple years ago. And she said, the boy she's marrying was very similar to you before you gave your heart to Jesus. And she said, I told him, you're not marrying my daughter until you go see Pastor Stormy. And at the time, I looked and thought, gum, I don't know that's an accomplishment or a compliment or what. And then I realized, just through the goodness of God, that God, he puts us here to help other people. And oftentimes, your tests become your testimonies, even though they may have not have started positive. So again, I, I don't want to offend anyone on talking to this, but oftentimes, our dreams and our destinies get shoved back because of our choices. I want to end with this thought because I took you to 1 Corinthians 6. But 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 8 or 9, says this. That the adulteress and the adulterer, the fornicator, the homosexual, the sodomite, will not have a place in the kingdom of heaven. I didn't say that. God said that, okay? So what he puts in one lump right there is sexual sin. I must understand whether it's a fornicator or adult. It's no different in God's eyes. And so I either choose to live that. Now, it's a powerful say. He said, you will not have a part in the kingdom of heaven. So again, I think the Lord is really, really saying, man, let's get our heart right. Let's get our heart right. Ask for a spirit of purity to come upon you. Let, let me tell you this one last word. This is just jumping to me. I think this will help some of you. I was at a men's conference years back. There was a thousand men there. And the guy who was speaking, he got over on, on sexual issues among men. And he said, I believe to this day that if you've sinned in this area, God will forgive you. And not only will God forgive you, God will replenish and restore a heart of a virgin in you. And I'm thinking, wow, that's incredible that God would do that. So he had men coming up to the altar. Man, they were repenting, they were repenting, they were repenting. And it was unbelievable. Men started running around the auditorium saying, I got the heart of a virgin, I got the heart of a virgin. And I'm looking at some of them and I'm thinking, 
I know you. There's no way you got art. But again, something happens in God's eyes. God can do something in us. I mean, it's like we get born again. We become a new person. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.